You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime and coordinates for the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the cool and exciting stuff coming up in the Star Wars universe, like The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, but specifically for today, the live-action return of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've got our first trailer, we've got our first images, all that good stuff to go over. Uh, Super excited to be back talking about it with you guys. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? Doing good. This is one of those episodes where you've been waiting for something to get your first look at, and Obi-Wan was definitely a series that is high on that list. So the fact that we got our first look at, at the series, and we're so close to it now, and we're, we're going to be talking about it, should be a real fun one. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, this is something that I think that we obviously have wanted for so long, and it felt like we're never going to get it, and yeah, we finally we finally have it. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's it feels weird to even be here at this point, and it's only not that far away. I it's it's like these trailers are so close to the actual series. I'm like, why why am I even watching this? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's a little bit of that in me with me anyway because. I'm going to see it all in a little bit. Or I just save everything. But it's just me. That's what I'm turning into these days. So that's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Well, you got to get like um, your first look at it to see, to get you more excited for Not more excited, but, you know, just to raise that excitement level for it. Nothing beats like, getting your first look at something. When well, you're to right. Star Wars yeah. and, and truth be told, I only saw this twice. Or I've only watched it once on the, because I'm like, I don't want to see a bunch. I want to just, I want to go into it fresh. Because sure. here's the thing. I see all these clips online anyway, because I'm even when I'm scrolling through Twitter or whatever. So it's like I still see images of things. So it's like, you know, but but at the same time, I want to try, try to keep fresh as possible. Cause the more I do that, the better I enjoy the series. Like I, I mean, there's so much of Boba, book of Boba Fett. I had no I stay away from spoilers, from images, and I just enjoyed the hell out of that thing. So I, besides the show of analyzing like we're doing, which I want to do, you're right. Like, you know, but like after this trailer, I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. Nothing. Can't say the same here. I've watched <laughs> this trailer probably uh, half a dozen times at least. Uh, you know, watched people's reaction videos to it online. I always have fun with those. So um, yeah, this this trailer was awesome. And this was, I mean, it's been out for like almost a week now. It took a while for us to get our schedules together that we could all get on and record this. But um, 
yeah, that day that it came out, you kind of had a feeling something was coming because there people had discovered like a few days prior that the official uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, series like Twitter account had gone live, but it was private and it didn't have any tweets. And then that morning it went public and said like, hello, there was like their first tweet. <laughs> um, and then there was had like the be. entertainment... Then there was the Entertainment Weekly article that came out and they released a few photos. And uh, then, you know, shortly thereafter, the trailer came out and then we got uh, the whole like Entertainment Weekly cover story where they've got interviews with Ewan McGregor and Kathleen Kennedy and and Deborah Chow and everybody that's involved in this. So uh, lots to go over. Uh, We may or may not get to, you know, all the little details, but we'll talk about the trailer first. Then we'll kind of talk about the article and some of the tidbits and stuff that came out of that, that uh, piqued our interest. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, we're a little over two months away from the series at this point. Um, I don't even remember if, because it's been like a month since we recorded on our last episode, did we already have that teaser poster and the release date? Um, I think I don't think so. Yeah, maybe not. I don't remember if we talked about that or not. I want to say we did, but like you said, (laughs) we might have talked amongst ourselves somewhere else, maybe. But yeah, um, yeah. it's all blurring together. But uh, yeah, so May 25th is when this is going to air on Disney Plus. So just a little over two months from now. Um, And yeah, like it feels close, but at the same time, like I'm with you, Tim. Like, there's nothing like getting that first glimpse at a new star Wars project. And yeah. obviously if this was a movie, we probably would have had a teaser trailer a couple months ago. Um, but uh, you know, with these TV series, they've been playing things a little closer to the vest and uh, you know, giving us our first looks at things closer to when the series airs. Um, but yeah, we finally got it. Um, so let's dive right into this trailer and break down all the cool stuff that happens in here. Um, and I don't know about you guys. I mean, we don't have to necessarily go through it shot by shot, but the first thing that stuck out to me in this was the music. Um, and first, of course, it starts on Tatooine. We know that's where the series is going to start off, but you get, uh, you know, these kind of soft notes. It almost sounds like it's going to be like the force theme, but then you realize it's battle of the heroes and it's, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, just kind of wandering through the desert and he says like the, the fight's over, we lost. And you see him uh, pick up his binoculars and look at the Lars homestead. And we see, uh, you know, young Luke, like, sitting on his, uh, sitting on the roof of the hut, you know, pretending to, like, fly a ship or drive a pod racer or something. Incredible um, shot. <laughs> that was so cool. Well, you know, let's let's just talk about that intro before we get into, because I wanted to jump right into talking about Duel of the Fates and just gush about how cool that was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just this intro here, kind of setting the stage for where the show is going to start off with um you know obi-wan on tatooine and just kind of him living in this aftermath of the clone wars in order 66 and this failure of the jedi um living in exile and and sticking to his one you know basically purpose in life that he has which is watching over luke and to just kind of see uh you know them establishing that setting and establishing that that kind of baseline for the story and hearing uh you know a hint of battle of the heroes and having that be so reminiscent of you know, again, the, the major event that we saw happen the last time we saw Obi-Wan in live action, um, which is just a great way to kick it off and, and you know, just gets you excited to see the character again and see where they're going to go from here. Yeah, I mean, first for the trailer premiering, because I actually wasn't expecting to get a trailer after we got the Entertainment Weekly article. I got, oh, this was going to be like the big coming out party for the Obi-Wan series for a little bit. Like, 
have entertain me weekly put out some articles for the rest of the week and maybe we'll get a trailer a week or two later but the fact it came the very next day that took me by surprise and it happened while i was at work like an hour before my lunch break and then oh. paul sent the text that just said that was amazing or incredible i was like oh man did we get a trailer <laughs> then <laughs> i was actually debating should i wait till i get home so i can really enjoy it or should i just watch it in the break room uh, just to get a look at it so that's what i did i watched it in the break room and i did not the volume very loud, but what I saw still blew me away. And just those, like you said, those opening shots, kind of what you'd expect out of an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, obviously showing on Tatooine, just him wandering through the sands of Tatooine and the desert. And But the, even though I said I didn't have the volume very loud, the bit of dialogue that just really stood out to me right away, just hearing Ewan McGregor's voice again as Obi-Wan was just incredible. And just the dialogue saying that, you know, we lost. That was just... A simple bit of dialogue, but I think felt so powerful for where Obi-Wan's at right now and knowing everything that he went through in the Clone Wars, in the prequels, and just still having that realization of that they lost their, their ultimate battle in the fate of the galaxy right now in his mind um, with the with the loss, obviously, of the Clone Wars and the loss of his apprentice, Anakin. He just really, I think, felt all that in just that small bit of dialogue right there. It was just really great and just... Again, hearing Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan's voice, even just seeing, hearing the word loss, he said it in a different, obviously, tone, but just thinking about Tori tells Anakin, you are lost. <laughs> just hearing his tone of like of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, which is so great, even in saying uh, the same words as he said in episode three, so to speak. So just right off the bat, just setting the tone really great, I think, for what the series is going to be for this character. And yeah, just... I didn't think we were going to get it in a trailer, but I knew we were probably going to see a young Luke in this series. I thought maybe that'd be something they would say for the final episode or something. But the fact that we actually saw him in this trailer and just, it was just, it gave me chills seeing that a young 10 year old or nine year old Luke Skywalker. I mean, it's just <laughs> something you never thought we would have seen before growing up as a Star Wars fan. And then we're actually seeing those moments that we all knew about Obi-Wan protecting watching over luke and we're just getting a quick glimpse of it here about the effect it has on you when you're seeing this trailer as lifelong star wars fans it was just really incredible it was probably my favorite moment from the trailer something so simple but yet like i said just feels so impactful knowing these characters that we know their history we know their future when set in the context of when the series takes place so just thinking of all that history and then what's to come for them it just helps make these moments could feel more special in the trailer. I think going to be way more, even feel way more special when we actually see it in actual episodes in the course of the series. But like everything in this first bit of the trailer was exactly what I was hoping for and expecting to see in an Obi-Wan series, but yet um, it delivered 10 times more as far as feeling that excitement and just chill inducing moments of seeing some of your favorite Star Wars characters like never before in this moment. So yeah, just the trailer just got off to a great start. I I was personally a little taken aback when he when Obi Wan Kenobi is like you know we we lost and it feels I, I know we're gonna get a different uh, I I think he's gonna change a lot in the series obviously but yeah it was a little interesting to see how kind of defeated he is but he's also keeping an eye on Luke you feel he'd be like more hopeful if he thinks Luke is like this uh, the you know redeemer if you will of all of them. So well, that he thinks was he's kinda, the chosen one now, probably. Like, like it well, tells all at the end of Twin Sons. Well, right, but we don't know if maybe he's got why he's gotten to that point yet because I don't know if he has. 
sure. when he says sure. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what because that doesn't seem like the same character. And I think that's purposeful, but I do think that's not 100% the same. There's going to be an arc in some ways. And I think that yeah. we're going to get that arc in this. I think he's going to re- he's going to find out like why he needs to stay on Tatooine maybe. It's why we see him show off uh, potentially in this last um we see him show up in different uh a different planet maybe things like oh i don't need to really i can protect him but like i'm you know because i don't know i don't know if it's i think we're going to get more surprises in this than we realize and i think this is just like a very simplistic view of what the series is about because i think he leaves tatooine thinking like yeah i gotta look over luke but i don't know if it's necessarily the same idea that we get in the mall arc and, and rebels or, you know, emphasize of why he's there. Because he said, you know, I'll look after the boy. But he doesn't really talk about how he thinks he's, like, you know, a mm-hmm. big deal. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was surreal hearing Ewan talk about that stuff again in uh, in uh, you know, in, in the beginning of this trailer. But even if he does believe that Luke is the chosen one, you could still understand why, like, just suffering the defeat that he did. Again, both of, like, the Republic and the Jedi as a whole and also his personal failure with Anakin – um, just why he would still be feeling down about that. And then seeing the empire, you know, kind of tightening its grip on the entire galaxy. Um, I'm sure even if you're protecting Luke and knowing that someday he might be as powerful as Anakin and kind of knowing that bloodline and knowing that he has the force and whatever, that it still might be kind of hard to keep that faith, you know, knowing like I've got like a, an eight year old kid here and, Someday he might be a powerful Jedi, but like the whole Jedi order couldn't stop, you know, Palpatine and Vader from rising to power. And now they've got control over the whole galaxy. So I'm sure maybe there's part of him that's wondering, like, you know, even if Luke is the chosen one, like, is he even going to be able to um, to really change this? Yeah. Um, you know, with with all the things that he's seeing take place. So, um, yeah. And I think. I think that is going to be a good starting point for him. And I think you're right. Like whatever journey he's going to go on, you know, involving Vader and the Inquisitors and all that, I think there will kind of be a personal journey for him too, of maybe, maybe rekindling that fire in him of believing that the Jedi can make a difference. And that, um, you know, waiting for Luke to grow up and kind of grow into his power is going to be worth it. And that, um, you know, that, that yeah. someday there might be a, a hope for all this. But you are totally right about, how Obi-Wan's feeling at the beginning of this uh, series, Paul, is like far as him going on an arc is where his state of mind is at. Because in the even in the Entertainment Weekly article, Ewan McGregor, he just says, we find Obi-Wan at the beginning of the story broken, faithless, beaten, and somewhat given up at the start of it. And that sounds like some other Jedi we see <laughs> later on uh, down the line. So we are definitely going to see Obi-Wan take on a a growth period here in the course of this series. And it's just going to be real fascinating, interesting to see. Like I said, too, just knowing everything he went through in the Clone Wars, the losses he suffered, even before episode three, the events of episode three happened, of obviously losing Satine and then being so close to the end of the Clone Wars with the fall of Anakin and the fall of the Jedi Order. Just so, so much that's happened to him over that time period. You could totally understand why he feel the way he does at the beginning of the series, feeling defeated and just lost and broken so it's just again it's just going to be so fascinating to see the side of obi-wan that we really haven't seen before and it's just then of course we'll see him come out of it and obviously be more like the obi-wan we see in episode four a new hope it's just going to be an incredible journey to see that over the course of the series yeah for sure and something else that they mentioned in the entertainment weekly article too and i think this came from kathleen kennedy she's talking about them um 
you know, how they had to like kind of press pause on the series and like rewrite the scripts and stuff while it was in pre-production. Um, and I think, you know, we covered some of those reports and rumors and stuff like back before the series started filming, which is like a couple of years ago at this point. But, um, you know, I remember being, you know, maybe a little worried about it back at the time because, you know, there's been so many of these different Star Wars projects that have had delays and stuff like this. But, um, you know, they they fired the initial writer that they had. They brought somebody else in to to kind of rework it. And um, one of the reasonings that she gave was that the original script was too bleak and that, um, yeah. you know, they wanted the story to be more hopeful. And so I wonder if uh, if the original writer, if Obi-Wan was in even more of a dark place or if he maybe just kind of stayed there the whole time. Um, and I think I mean, I think it's definitely appropriate just given the, the time period and everything he's been through for him to start off kind of in that sort of place. But then, yeah, to see over the course like i said over the course of whatever journey he's going to go on to to kind of see him come out of that a little bit obviously it's going to be dire circumstances it's still you know by the end of this it's not like it's going to be a great time to be a jedi but um for him to maybe uh you know find or like rekindle some kind of spark and some kind of hope to um you know to keep believing and keep waiting for for luke and for um that eventual you know new hope that's going to come um and also, like, and obviously we've spe speculated about this before, and this is something we all want to see, but, uh, you know, maybe he's even, I don't know if maybe cut himself off from the Force, or at least kind of maybe his connection to the Force is, is clouded and murky and whatever, and so maybe he, like, even at the beginning of the series, maybe he hasn't yet been able to commune with, like, Qui-Gon and Yoda, um, and then we'll maybe finally see that at the end of the series, and that can mm. be something that kind of spurs him forward. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see uh, kind of where his head is at at the beginning of the show and and what kind of arc he goes on over the course of it. But it was kind of interesting. Like I'm glad we got uh, that you know some of that clarification in the article about why they uh, why they rewrote these scripts and kind of what some of the original ideas for the show were. We'll go into that more later with the uh, the Hollywood Reporter article that came out later about Maul and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you know, if we ever get like a, a making of book or something like, or yeah, like an, I'm sure we'll get an art book of Obi-Wan Kenobi that'll have some original concepts and stuff in there. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a fascinating journey seeing like the different ideas they've had and, and seeing this finally come to the screen. But I think it was a great way to kick off that trailer, great way to kind of start off the story and see where his head's at. And I also was surprised that we saw Luke in the trailer at all, but also that early in the trailer. But like, yeah, that's something where I was like, I'm sure we're probably going to get a young Luke cameo at some point, but I would have expected to see that, like have that just be something in the series. So um, whenever we see something like that in a trailer, it just makes me think, okay, so they've got even more surprises up there. Right. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of good stuff that we haven't seen. So, but yeah, that was really cool. Um, but then, you know, when he says we've lost and it, it fades to black and the Lucasfilm logo comes up in this cool, like sandy, dusty gold kind of color. And Duel of the Fates just kicks in. And like I, that almost knocked me off my couch the first time <laughs> I saw it. Like, it's just like us as Star Wars fans, how many times have we listened to Duel of the Fates, like just on the soundtrack or in Phantom Menace or heard it in other Star Wars media or video games or whatever. And yet, like just the way it 
introduced in this trailer and hearing it again in association with obi-wan and a new live action star wars thing it just kind of it almost caught me off guard i was like man i forgot how much i love duel of the fates <laughs> um as weird as that sounds but um man just an epic music choice and then this kind of getting into you know it, it uh accompanied um them beginning to show us things in the trailer of like seeing what the conflict in the show is going to be we see the inquisitors uh and i don't know like i'm sure we had heard rumors and stuff before of like some inquisitors being in this obviously we know vader's going to be the big bad um but i was actually kind of surprised from the trailer um how prominently the inquisitors are featured in this we've got yeah. the grand inquisitor uh we've got um the the actress moses ingram i think is her name and we had speculated about her maybe playing live action ahsoka or something like nope she's a new inquisitor and seems like she'll kind of be like the main one she'll probably be um the main villain of the series until vader comes along and then you know grand inquisitor kind of shadowing over her but then we've also got the fifth brother uh there's another new female inquisitor uh who's like a, a weird looking alien species so it's gonna be cool to see so many of these guys in live action um I don't know. We we can. I don't know if you guys want to get into uh, the the head shape of the Grand Inquisitor and all the <laughs> controversy that's been. Going I will on do that around, around that. Well, I'll look. I'll get into it too. <sighs> yeah, let's just let's just tackle the elephant in the room. Why not? Um, can Can I go first? Only only because I, I, let me go first about this because I, I yeah, want to preface it like this. Okay. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I I, I just want to I want to get on a soapbox. Okay. And Tim, you can vouch for me. Tim, Tim, Tim Barry already knows where I'm going with this potentially. Uh, we haven't talked about this at all, by the way. But you know, I almost was tempted to quote tweet uh, one of those people complaining or whatever, or, or one of the videos, and say and put that meme of James Franco in the noose and go first time. Um, <laughs> because, because I want to say this is why. And the reason why is because um, the thing is, as a comic book fan, I have gone through this so much, you know, and whenever you're doing an adaptation, you know, you cannot, you cannot get hung up on all minor, de small details. Now, people will say the shape of the Inquisitor's head is not a minor detail. And there is truth to that, right? Like, I, I totally get that. The thing is, obviously, in my experience of, of, of loving comic books, you know, the paper, you know, if it goes from paper to screen, isn't always going to translate as well. And the same thing goes to from animation to live action. And there's going to be some interpretation with it every single time. It's just going to be, it's just how it's going to be. And yes, everyone, Cad Bane's a great example. Yes, they could have done some kind of deep fake or whatever and alter it. You're right. But the problem is it's just you don't need to get 100% accurate. And it's just, you know, I don't know if it's always needed. I don't have to have that every single time. And, you know, like I said, you, you also want to give actors and let actors be actors. The guy playing the Inquisitor, I don't know his name, but yes, his head is not completely shaped the same as a cartoon character. And yes, I get that they establish what they look like in, you know, in, in, in um, the th episode three and the Utapalans or whatever. But at the same time, like all aliens don't have to look the same. We as humans don't have the same he shape, head shaped all three of us don't have the same head shaped uh, and different other features. So 
you know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's going to be different aliens, different species have different, you know, lengths and bodies and whatever. And that's the thing. Like, we you can't get hung up on every single detail of every yeah. little thing going forward. It's just, it's just not going to be a straight one for one. And to be honest, I think it kind of makes things a little more interesting. And it just, I don't know, it just makes it, I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I don't, if they made every single thing, it, it, it'd be a lot of, to be honest, that'd be a lot of work. If you think about it, like I think about all the other little details, because if you could say if you start doing for the Inquisitors and these other characters, what about the other minor things? Like, well, the Ithorians don't look exactly like they were in Rebels. So uh, I need to have you to adjust the CGI on this. It gets tedious and it just gets to a point where it's like you need to have you just, you just can't do that all the time. So you need to have some room for interpretation. And it, 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 let's be real. They're just you're not going like, to. For instance, a great example is Rebels lightsabers um are so much skinnier and more old school like the original new hope stuff and that's more of aesthetic choice obviously you don't you know you could you could complain and say well they're not the same as this and whatever sometimes you just gotta go with it and obviously rebels is a very stylized animation so the utapawans uh, even have more of a stylized head or whatever so for me you just can't get hung up on all these people being like why well, deep fake this and do that and it just you know what let, let let it go, man, because everything is not going to be one for one. And besides the frickest, the fact his freaking head's not shaped the exact same way, he looks almost identical to what he is in the cartoon. So just let it go, you know, in my opinion. I I feel like more people, the more, and this is where I think, you know, I think also, if it's not 100% on the money, the more we see the Cad Banes, the Inquisitors, the Grand Inquisitor, if you will, and all and all of the fifth brother, all that stuff, the more we see from like even um Black Chrysanthemum, the more we see that are adapted from comics straight to the you know, straight to the screen or from animation straight to the screen, the more we're gonna just kind of just deal with the fact that it's not gonna be a one-for-one exact, you know, rep rep, you know, uh mirror effect, if you will, of the character. So I think as long as we get the more we get these of these new characters being translated from uh, screen or comic to movie for the first time, it's going to get easier and easier and easier. And let's be real. Um, Ahsoka doesn't have the same her, you know, her head tails aren't exactly, you know, one for one, you know, accurate. And you know what? Who cares? No one cares. Like, it's pretty accurate for the most part. And just like I think Grand Inquisitor is the same way. And I think the more we get of this, the more the less complaining we'll get. To be honest, that's just my take. I think it looks great. Yeah, his head's not shaped, you know. And I, I think the one thing I'll give people a little bit is the actor's head is a little wider, just in general. Like as a, you know, he's, it's a little bit. I want to say fat, but it's a little bit wide. It's, in, it's no, you know, if it would have got someone a little bit skinnier head, I don't think people would have cared. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being real. It's just his shape of his head is a little bit rounder. Just, overall so if you would have got someone a little bit smaller of a head maybe people wouldn't have cared as much but i i, I think it looks fine either way I, th I think people should get hung up on it okay well i'm glad we have differing opinions on this so i can give the counterpoint um because <laughs> uh, like i i totally understand and i'm with you like i don't think it always has to be a one-to-one -one comparison um <clears throat> The biggest thing for me is just that I feel like, like if it doesn't bother you, like that's awesome. But I also feel like if, if you don't love it, like that's also valid. 
and there's been like obviously there are some oh, people oh, of who course. are being, yeah, yeah they're, they're well there being some people who are like super negative about this and they're going oh this show sucks and disney doesn't know what oh, they're doing God. because they can't even adapt a, a like you know one character to get his look right but then on the flip side you have people saying Oh, if you're complaining about the look of the Inquisitor, then, you know, you're not a real Star Wars fan and you should, you know, you, you stop complaining and nitpicking about every stu stupid little thing and just accept the fact that live action and animation aren't always going to look the same. And I'm like, no, like if you like it, that's fine. And if it doesn't bother you, that's fine. But also like people have legitimate reasons and, you know, have a valid complaint to, uh, you know, to, to be a little bit... Um, thrown off i guess you could say when a, a character doesn't look the way you expect them to that's how i felt when i watched it i wasn't trying to nitpick and i wasn't like measuring the head and be like oh let me make sure it's the exact same size as rebels <laughs> but just seeing that it didn't look the same that it was you know like you said paul a little bit rounder face and also just the the head is not quite as, as tall and narrow as we're used to yes both in animation and as you know the utapowans that we first saw in uh revenge of the sith it just threw me off a little bit. And in the middle of this trailer, as I'm watching all this cool stuff, we're seeing the Fortress Inquisitorius from Jedi Fallen Order in live action. We're seeing these new uh, new Inquisitors that look awesome. We're seeing, you know, Ewan McGregor as, as Obi-Wan in a new time period that we've never seen him in before. All this stuff, hearing Duel of the Fates under the whole thing, where I'm like on Star Wars Cloud 9, and then I see the Inquisitor's face and go, eh, not sure about that. I'm loving all this other stuff. I'm not completely sold on that yet. Um... I also was actually pretty disappointed that they didn't bring Jason Isaacs back to play him because um, I know he said in interviews before that he would have loved to reprise the role. And also the voice was kind of throwing me off too. Like it's, it's similar enough, but I was like, when he first started talking, I thought that maybe that was a different Imperial. And I was like, oh, are we going to get to hear, you know, Jason Isaacs as the Grand Inquisitor? And then eventually I was like, oh, I guess that is the Grand Inquisitor. Okay. It's close enough. I would have preferred the original voice, but it is what it is. Um, and again, none of that is going to like hugely impact my enjoyment of the show overall. And heck, I even accept the fact that like, even though I, I didn't quite love the, just the execution of, of his live action look just from like the couple of shots that we see him in, in the trailer, it's like, those could have been, you know, there could have been lighting or camera angle factors in just those couple shots that maybe when I see him you know, in a full episode of the series, it might not bother me as much, or it might look better from certain angles or, or what have you. So um, I'm willing to, you know, give it a chance and wait and see. Also, like with Cad Bane, um, that also kind of threw me off at first when I saw him in live action the first time, because, you know, again, like just the, his skin was lighter, his mouth wasn't in the same place. Like there was, there was a bunch of stuff that just kind of took me a while to get used to. And now, like after seeing him in a couple episodes and especially him getting more screen time in that final episode of Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, you know what? I'm good with it. Is it exactly the same as, you know, is it like he stepped out of a Clone Wars episode and into live action? No, but it's a good uh, a good live action adaptation of the character. Um, and same with Ahsoka. Like, I wasn't as bothered with Ahsoka by the fact that her head tails were shorter because I kind of figured right from the get-go that like, it would have, you know, since she's doing more action and having lightsaber fights and stuff, that those things would be flopping around, you know, and, you know, we never saw, like, Shock T do that much in the prequels. And so um, I kind of figured, especially with Dave directing her episode in The Mandalorian, I kind of figured with her, like, right off the bat, like, oh, there must be a specific reason why they made the head tails shorter. It's not like they just forgot how long they were in Rebels. Um, and the same thing very well could be true here with the Inquisitor. Like, even though we've seen uh 
you know, the Utapalans that were first introduced in Revenge of the Sith, maybe those were like heavy, kind of clunky prosthetics. I mean, we we see like when those guys meet with Obi-Wan, they're just kind of stiff and, you know, walking slowly. They definitely don't have any action scenes or anything. So maybe they needed to lower the center of, center of gravity on that headpiece so that it wouldn't like flop off when he's doing lightsaber fights and stuff. So um, I'm sure, you know, there, there very well could be a... Uh, you know, some behind the scenes reasons why he has that particular look, um, whether it was, I don't know, time or budget restrictions or whether it's practical reasons like, you know, stunts and, and action scenes and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure there's a reason why it is the way it is. And it's not just like floppy design, because obviously, like they have people there that have worked on Rebels and know what these characters look like. So, um you know, I'm I'm not being criticizing, saying like they don't care or they just did a, a terrible job with it. But at the same time, like I said, that doesn't mean that you have to like it. And if you know, even if they they figured this was the the best way to adapt this character into live action, and um, you know, was was the best they could do given the circumstances. If it doesn't work for you, that's totally fine too. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's been crazy to see how big of a firestorm that's kicked up with you know people on both sides also i've seen people talking about that with the fifth brother a little bit too he also doesn't look um you know his his design is is not quite the same in live action as it was in animation that one doesn't bother me as much because clearly in in live or in animation he's kind of got more alien features um and in the live action show you know he's being played by an actor in makeup and you know they're obviously kind of going for a, a more human look um and he's not as like prominently featured as the Grand Inquisitor. So that one, you know, that's an example of a character where it's like he originated in animation, translated to live action, looks different, but I'm okay with both versions. With the with the Grand Inquisitor, I think part of the reason it's been such a hot issue for people is because we've seen that species in live action before, not just animation. Like there's a, a, a live, like a real world baseline for how people expect that character. To be. I, I think in the end, you have to think of it like this. You have to... It's you know yeah it's it's not one for, it's not maybe one hundred percent but at least they're like giving us a pretty like again it's not perfect and the continuity is always going to be somewhat in flux a little bit and, and we said that back in the Bad Batch uh, series but the thing you got to remember is they're trying here at least like they're it's like the fact they're even doing this like it blow it should blow our minds I mean is it, it yeah it's, is it perfect no. And that's all I'm saying is the fact that they're actually doing this. They don't have to. They could be like, you know what? We're not going to, we're just going to ignore rebels completely. You know, they could say that. They could easily have said that. And it would have caused a, a crap storm. But you know what I mean? Like the, the thing is, the, Lucasfilm doesn't have to stick to a, a, a big overall canon. And I think we all appreciate the fact that it's pretty, you know, again, not perfect. And I don't, I never expected it to be perfect. But it's been pretty consistent. The fact they got the Grand Inquisitor looks almost exactly the same. Again, head notwithstanding. Uh, you've got the fifth brother. You have the fact you brought up the, the Jedi Order. Uh, I mean, the fact that's another thing too. I mean, think, think about this too. Like they're giving us a lot of Easter eggs and from video games, comic books, from animation. It's and it's all in Obi-Wan Kenobi limited <laughs> series. I mean, like, like. I want to make that very clear. I'm, I'm not trying to justify and say, just be happy with what you get, but it's pretty cool the fact that they're trying to incorporate all these different mediums into a series about freaking Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's like, it's weird even thinking about that. The fact they're doing this at all, 
of all the different mediums. Like, I know everyone would be like, what about Bad Batch when they never called the comic book? I'm like, you know what? They added to the comic, but they really haven't. They really didn't. The only thing they contradicted was the fact that Bad Batch were there. I see. Only thing they, they contradicted. Everything else is pretty much the same. Like, same planet. It's like, and the environment's a little bit different. That's all they reckoned. Because the outcome is still the same. And I just think it's... Well, it's and really, I think this is a little bit different anyway, like retconning a story point versus... No, 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 no. What, doing a, but, no, no, you're right. I'm, but my point is this. It's, 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 that's not what my point. My point was this. Is that, is that it's really cool the fact that they're giving us this interconnected continuity between multiple mediums, which is not easy. I mean, this is hard. So the fact that like they're giving us all this right now from, again, video games, comic books, and movies... It's pretty rad. So I, I, that's all I'm saying is like I think we should be pretty like stoked the fact that like the Grand Inquisitor is like in this and it's actually like there's 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 these they all have agency. You know what I mean? Like they have like meaning to be there, and they it gives what I'm saying is it gives them those those times and we watch Rebels now even more meaning. When I read the comics, it gives even more meaning. So it's special that they've done this. So I just want to to kind of throw that in real quick. Yeah, no, and I totally agree. And I'm, I'm, you know, the uh, the accuracy of the look, notwithstanding, I'm glad that he's in this. I'm glad that we get to see the character in live action. Um, but again, you know, the the two are not mutually exclusive. You can be excited to see the character and also not love the execution of, uh, you know, yeah, the physical agreed. And, you know, oh, so, I want to yeah, agree with that. That, and that's that's all I'm saying. It, it, you know, it was weird for me going like, man, this was an awesome trailer. And like, that was one thing I didn't love about it, but I wasn't like really mad or, you know, didn't it didn't like linger or, you know, really bother me or anything. And then I get on on Twitter and it's like a huge firestorm and everybody's like, you know, either everybody's either hating on the Grand Inquisitor's look or criticizing the people that are hating on the Grand Inquisitor's look. And I'm like, guys. We got Obi-Wan, we got Inquisitors, we got Vader, you know, we got all this other stuff that we can get excited about. So, um, but yeah, like I said, all the other Inquisitor stuff I thought was great. Like Reva, the the new one who, like I said, seems like she's going to be the, the main antagonist of the show, um, at least until Vader shows up. Like she seems really cool. Uh, you know, I, I love her look and everything. Seeing the, the Inquisitor's Fortress again from Jedi Fallen Orders, it's just... That was that so great. great. <laughs> yeah. um, Dude, that looks incredible. Like straight up, yeah. looks rad. And all we really see is just the Inquisitors kind of like sitting around a conference room. Um, and you hear like the Grand Inquisitor giving this speech talking about like how, uh, you know, the Jedi can't help what they are. And even when they're in hiding and trying not to be Jedi anymore, like their compassion is a weakness that's eventually going to, you know, cause them to draw themselves back out into the light kind of thing. Um, but man, I would love it if like Obi-Wan eventually goes and like infl has to infiltrate the fortress or something and we get to see him like fighting stormtroopers and inquisitors through those hallways and stuff that we've played through in Jedi Fallen Order. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, if we're to believe what's in the concept art, he may be making his way over to Mustafar. So maybe he has to, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's his first stop before he gets to Mustafar. Yeah, so, they're in the yeah, same system. That would be awesome. Because there was even that concept art where we see like the stormtroopers in like a hallway on the water planet, which I now think is this <laughs> where the Inquisitors are at. So, yeah, the, the potential is definitely there. It's just funny how I, kind of the second half of this trailer kind of turned into a trailer for the Inquisitors more so than Obi-Wan, as mm -hmm. there was heavily prominent in the second half of the trailer. But uh, just real quick to give my two cents on the whole thing with how the Inquisitors look. 
at first it was the same little similar to what your reaction was kyle where i was like, super excited to see it like oh the grand inquisitor is in this that's awesome but he looks a little off <laughs> for a little in some of those shots he looks different but at the same time too it was just that's it that's the only like time i kind of really had i don't even want to say like an issue with it but the only time where it kind of threw me off a little bit while watching it for the first time until like you said you go on social media and everyone's just way overreacting but like any criticisms or nitpicks i would have just fail in comparison to being more annoyed by people making this their reason for hating the show already that's the stuff that just annoys the heck out of me where you can just tell people are looking for one little thing that doesn't look right to pounce on and that's the reason to why the show is going to fail and the show is going to be also just rehash all that crap about disney ruining star wars and all that but yeah so it's just such a waste of energy and just just makes you think what are you really looking into the series for like when you go into you're talking about your excitement for a series about obi-wan kenobi you just can't wait for it all the potential that has but yet the shape of an alien character's head is what's going to make you turn against it it's just like that type of thinking is ridiculous but it's funny though kyle you said that the fifth brother didn't really bother you as far as as this look goes that's the one that kind of i had bothered me a little more than the grand inquisitor did just because it was so vastly different how like you mentioned in rebels he has that those more like an alien creature type facial features and in this it's just a human with some makeup on (laughs) and it just looks vastly different and we'll see if how big of a role he even has in this series he may just be out a few conversations with the grand inquisitor we might just see him walking around that new planet with some stormtroopers but Besides, other than the helmet that he has on, he almost looks unrecognizable as the fifth brother to me. So um, that was the one I think I felt more so as far as one not necessarily necessarily sitting that well when you compare it to how the look of the Grand Inquisitor to the fifth brother. The fifth brother was the one to me that really stood out. I was going, mm, not too crazy about that. Where the Grand Inquisitor is like, yeah, he looks different, but I still think he looks cool and captures and has the features of what we know the grand inquisitor looks like for the most part. But again, those are just such, in my opinion, minute points to really obsess over and cause, have you have cause for concern of the series when we just know, yes, the grand inquisitors and the inquisitor themselves are going to be a focus of the series, but it's really about Obi-Wan. The, like, as we talked about earlier, the growth he's going to have as a character, his confrontation that he's going to have with Anakin, or I should say Darth Vader, <laughs> uh, over the series. So yeah, the Grand Inquisitors are going to be play a, a role in the story of the series, but um, not the biggest role as far as when you talk about the core of what the series is all going to be about. And so to me, it's not something to really obsess over, just really cause you to have anyone just take a pause as far as not lessen your excitement for the series at all. But and I disagree with Paul. I agree with Paul saying how just the fact that we're getting Inquisitors in the series and seeing recognizable faces that we know from Star Wars animation is just incredible to see. And that we're all getting that type of stuff in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series is just reason alone to be excited for it amongst many other things. But yeah, um, it was cool to see him. But at the same time, it was just like I did feel it was kind of the Inquisitors took over a little bit of the focus of the trailer more so than Obi-Wan by the time uh, we get to the second half and towards the end of it, but still cool to see nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, I think it really is kind of just like establishing them as the threat and like sort of the, the thrust, I guess, of what the story is going to be about. I mean, we don't really know what the, the driving plot of this series is going to be, but I would assume, I mean, it certainly seems like from the trailer, like the inquisitors come to Tatooine, whether they're looking for Obi-Wan or somebody else, 
there's actually a shot in here where you see uh Riva and she's like addressing a crowd of people and you see like feet dangling from the top of the frame so it looks like she's just either like hung somebody or maybe you know lifted them up with the force and force choked them but like this seems like some sort of public execution yeah. and whether it was for another jedi that they found hiding out on tatooine or maybe just maybe they came looking for obi-wan and there was someone who was protecting him or just kind of stood up to her um so it was maybe like not somebody that they were looking for, but just somebody who, who kind of crossed her or made her angry and she decided to kill them. Or it could have been someone that they came there looking for. Um, but regardless, I mean, I, I would assume that all the, the early stuff in the series is going to take place on Tatooine and then go off to the other planets and stuff. So right off the bat, establishing that that Reva is not to be trifled with and she's you know not above publicly executing people to prove a point. Um and also got to remember too, just speaking in terms of general audiences who are just watching the Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer, where who've never seen Inquisitors before, who don't for the people who don't watch Rebels or read the comics, where this is their introduction to this new organization of Force users and characters who can use lightsabers. So maybe that could be a reasoning too why they decided to have them be a big focus as part of this trailer, just to kind of introduce them as the bad guys to audiences who don't know who they are. And obviously, we'll lead the way to Vader by the time we get to the end of the series. That is a yeah, great a point. point. I, I think that's where I, I was thinking about, too. I'm like, well, they have to do something with these Inquisitors because they're going to be the main focus of the bad guys up until Vader shows up and they have the epic you know, battle. So what are you going to do for you know, a certain amount of episodes? How are you going to get to build to Vader with obi-wan and, and that's what's going to be really fascinating and you're right like the, the fans you know we all know who the inquisitors are us diehards but not you know mom and pop and like who are those guys with lightsabers i mean it is interesting that they exist at all and you know but like you said like they they, they front load it with obi-wan in the beginning you know have you know the luke and all that stuff and then like you said the middle part's pretty much just the inquisitors but i think you're establishing them as really interesting um you know we haven't really talked much about the inquisitors in general as far i mean we, we talked about them and you know but it'd be interesting to talk a little bit further with them eventually because you know we don't really know what happens to them and and when do they all go extinct because we don't really know if there's any after you know a new hope and that's what i'm kind of curious about and i'm curious if maybe this might you know maybe give a a good introduction to them for people and maybe they actually give us an idea of what happens to them because i don't think they should survive really past maybe an even new hope i feel mm -hmm. like the vader comic has done a good job of kind of doing that a little bit of like establishing the relationship between uh the emperor and, and uh and darth vader the the inquisitors are kind of an interesting thing so it'll be interesting what they do with them after this i think because i think the inquisitors could get bigger potentially after the series you know with all with all the characters and you know it will be interesting what they do but um but yeah i i, I think i'm with you i think that they really had to really sell the mainstream audience on these new force wielding you know characters and i'll be honest i'm kind of glad they exist you know and, and that's why i think it's kind of crazy we're going to get these these inquisitors in, in an obi-wan kenobi miniseries uh you know limited series if you will so yeah it's I think it was a smart move to really emphasize these characters and and it kind of showed that they kind of mean business and it kind of it's a big deal because it's not just one that obi-wan has to deal with he has to deal with like four or five of them or whatever so mm -hmm. you're really establishing that he's kind of up against it 
you know, besides even with Vader, he's got these other characters he's gonna he's gonna mess with. So it was it was a good call. It was a good trailer to, to really expand on that part of the of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and I mean that was a good point, Tim, because I hadn't thought about like introducing the Inquisitors to general audiences who haven't seen Rebels or played Jedi Fallen Order or read comics or you know wherever these guys have appeared before. Um, just because we're so used to seeing them and we see them, it's like, oh, cool, Inquisitors, you know, Obi-Wan's going to be fighting them and stuff. Um, but it makes me wonder how they're going to introduce them in the series. And I wonder if we might actually see Vader fairly early on just to establish sort of that mm. hierarchy and his relationship with the Inquisitors. If you remember in um, in season one of Rebels, like when the season premiere aired on like Disney XD or whatever, that's right. You know, you had like the basic season premiere and then they they re-released it like a week later when it aired on like ABC um, to try to get more more visibility and get more people to go watch it over on Disney Channel or whatever it was on. And they had like an extended version of the premiere. And I'm sure it's probably on the Blu-ray. Like this is probably just is, what yeah. most people think of the as, as the premiere now. But like the first scene of the episode is... Um, the Inquisitor uh, talking to a hologram of Vader and he, Vader's, you know, ordering him to go out and hunt down remaining Jedi. So I wonder if we might see something like that in the first episode of the Obi-Wan series, you know, seeing Vader maybe just as a hologram, if not in person and giving orders to these Inquisitors and then kind of establish, you know, then maybe we see them in their fortress and establish who these guys are as a group, but establish right off the bat that like, these are not Sith Lords, that they all work for Vader. They're kind of his, minions but that they're formidable opponents that you know that go out and hunt down jedi in this time period um and then yeah like i said they, they're gonna show up on tatooine show that they mean business kill somebody we see uh also i forget if it's in the trailer or if it was just in the images that they released kill but somebody she, but reva also comes face to face with uh uncle owen um and we see him in this trailer too it was, so. it, was a, it was entertainment weekly uh picture which by the way I love uh, uh, Joel. Uh, I always mispronounce his name. Is it Edgerton? Edgerton? Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah. Edgerton. Um, he's a fantastic actor. He doesn't. I've yeah. always seen him a few things, but every time I see him in something, he's always great in it. Um, I love this the demeanor that he's giving off to her. Like he just is. This, yeah. he, he's ready to die. Right there, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. That's what he's got the he's like. got the same kind of demeanor as an Uncle Owen that would like shoot at darth maul with a shotgun in the the visionaries <laughs> comics or whatever so, so good um, and, and you know what i feel like we're gonna get something like that in this series something of that nature and i do think that um i do i like there's a, there, again if you haven't read the comics yet i recommend just going on and finding the comics online somewhere you know buying whatever um of where uh owen and and obi-wan or owen and obi-wan are talking and 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 Owen's like, get out of here. You know, he's you know, yeah. basically just trying to protect Luke. Not because he's like, he's, you know, he loves him. That's his son. You know, I mean, he calls himself Uncle Owen, but that's his, that's his son, man. And so seeing, seeing Uncle Owen or, you know, and Joel Edgerton just really give off that demeanor to her. Like he's protecting his son. I love that. You know, I'm getting, or maybe I'm, I'm biased because I'm, I'm an adopted father myself and, you know, whatever. But I mean, like, it's there's something really special about that, and I think like the emphasis the emphasis of that relationship is just so fascinating to me. And I thought that Jason Aaron really actually one of his, some of his best writing is, and I think in that episode or that issue 
where I think Black Chrysanthemum gets a scar. It's actually the same issue where you have some great dialogue between Owen and uh, <clears throat> and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So definitely want to see them. And I'd love to see him, you know, have some good moments or a few good moments with uh, Ewan. You know, I think I, I think they will get it, but I really want to see them emphasize like there's not. When he says he's a, you know, he's just a crazy old man. He's trying to protect Luke first and foremost, you know, not because he's actually hates Obi Wan. I don't think he really cares about Obi Wan. It's he cares about his son. So yeah, I, I really want to see that emphasized in the series. And I think we get we're going to get that from that one picture we got from Inter- Entertainment Weekly. No, I totally agree. Those same vibes came off of just knowing that Owen's going to do whatever it takes to protect Luke, no matter how powerful this person is and what she may do to threaten them. And that's just a, a cool thing to remember too, as much as we're excited about seeing Obi-Wan and kind of come to terms with his mission to protect Luke, got to understand Owen's doing, Uncle Owen and Emperor are doing the exact same thing. They're protecting Luke the exact same way Obi-Wan wants to, just in a different way, obviously, but that that love for their nephew or is there just as the way Obi-Wan has eventually come to care for uh, the son of his best friend. So it's just all those different avenues coming together as far as them wanting to, the same thing for Luke, just to protect him, no matter how great the threat is going to be. And it's just, like you said, Paul, I think one of the kind of underlooked things or aspects of the series that's not being talked about much, but I think it's probably going to end up being one of the best aspects of the series, at least for an episode or two. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be bookended. It's going to be like front loaded and bookended, to be honest. I think there's going to be an emphasis of like, you know, because I think we're going to get one of the last scenes of the, of the show. And my, and I, again, it's my guess is there's going to be a talk between Owen and, and uh, uh-huh. Obi-Wan. And it's going to be like, you know, it, it, I wouldn't even be shocked. I would not be shocked if, if, if that we talked about the demeanor of Ewan or I say Ewan, Obi-Wan. It's actually going to be changed by the point. You know, it's like, you know, he's like, you know, I think Owen's gonna be like, get out of here. You're crazy, whatever. And he's like, well, I'm just, I got, you know, whatever. But then at the same time, at the very end, you know, he's going to be like, you know what, Owen, like Luke is special. And, you know, and when the time comes, I'll be here to help him, you know, I'll protect him. And, and he'll just be more, he'll be more like we, we, we saw him before, like kind of reserved and it's kind of like at peace mm-hmm. and it's going to, and it's really going to take, it's going to surprise Owen at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like, yeah. you didn't expect, you didn't expect Obi-Wan to get like defensive and get mad. But he's gonna be like, it's almost gonna like trip him up even more. The fact that he's he's like, you know, I it's okay, Owen. Like the force is at work or something like that. And he's gonna be like, oh, what does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's but, but it, yeah, but I, maybe gonna, but maybe come to like a, a like a begrudging like kind of more mutual respect between the two. I, the absolutely of, of the fact absolutely. that they're both on the same page. But I can also see, yeah, there there definitely could be some conflict there where like you've got this this hermit from the desert that keeps you know spying on your kid like uh you know because he's he's part of some prophecy or thinks he's some chosen one or something whereas like you're just trying to be a parent and like protect your kid and you know raise him and and protect him from the environment of tatooine whereas this other guy is out here like oh no i'm trying to groom your kid to like help me take down the empire one day um you know you can definitely understand how you know they they would be at odds over that so do you think um, do you guys think at this point do you think obi-wan thinks that and that's why i was saying like i think the arc is i think obi-wan might not really know what luke is until the end of this episode i think there's going to be well, stuff at work 
No, I think, and and that certainly could play into his development over the course of the series, but I think it's pretty well established at the end of episode three. Like, even if Obi-Wan doesn't firmly believe that Anakin, or that that Luke is the chosen one, um, you know, when when, uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda and Bail Organa all kind of mutually agree to, to part ways and to stay in hiding, but to watch over these kids, like, they know just being Anakin's kids that they're going to grow up to be strong in the force one day. And that, you know, this is our best chance. Like we have to protect these kids. And, you know, um, Yoda says like, until the time is right, you know, disappear, we will. Um, And basically, you know, it makes it sound like there, it's not like I'm just going to go protect this kid and, and just be a, a caretaker of a child for my whole life. Like they have somewhat of a plan that like someday this is going to, you know, lead to something. Um, and obviously we as the audience know that too, because we already know how, you know, the stories of Luke and Leia in the original trilogy. But um, yeah, I, I do think, like obviously, you know, the reason that that Obi-Wan is, is watching over Luke, again, even if he doesn't know or doesn't believe that he's necessarily the chosen one or something like that, um, knows that the Empire might come looking for him, knows that, you know, if there's a Force-sensitive child who's related to Darth Vader, like, he could be a target if anybody ever found that out. So, um, yeah, I think he he knows that there are bigger that's implications thinking, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, you know, even if even if it's just that's his motivation, that's going to be different from, you know, Owen and Baru, who are just trying to raise a kid and, and you know, deal with all the normal challenges that come along with that without some weird guy out in the desert, you know, keeping an extra eye on your kid, being like, you know, there might be Sith Lords coming after him. They're like, what the heck is a Sith Lord? So, um yeah, for me, like going into the series, I kind of just expected, yeah, it's been Obi-Wan's mission and part of the plan that him, Yoda, and Bail Organa set out or brought up in at the end of episode three. And we're just going to see that um, happen over the course of the series. But reading some of the quotes in the Entertainment Weekly article and just even uh, you talking about it, Paul, it's making me think that, well, yeah, going into it, obviously that was the original intention. I think there might be like Obi-Wan might end up questioning that maybe at this stage of, exactly. of his time on yeah. Tatooine where maybe he does meditate more, just reflect on his failure of training Anakin and having to fall to the dark side and maybe starting to feel, I can't do that again, not with his son. Like that's something I might not, I just can't live with myself if that happens. And just reflecting on questioning those choices that he made in the past and just being in a different state of mind that maybe originally going into going into this plan at the end of episode three. And as we know, as we've seen a new hope later on, I think as we know, this is pretty much the middle point, 10 years in between uh, those movies, it's going to be something where maybe he's just not quite at terms yet, as far as thinking if this is the best way to go about it. So I definitely agree or starting to think now that there is going to be some type of realization that Obi-Wan is going to come to by the time this series ends, as far as, um, what he needs to do in order to protect Luke and then eventually train him in the ways of the force. But I just don't think now it's not going to just be, that was always the case uh, from the start uh, up until the time we see him in episode four. Yeah. And I think you, you touched on something really, really <clears throat> impactful. And I think you talk about the arc of Obi-Wan in the series. I think that the doubt is what you're touched on. I think it's perfect. I think that to me is what is going to be the crux of this whole uh, series because at this point, he's like you said, we heard he's broken. It's evident he's broken. He's, he's pretty much just says that, you know, in the very beginning of the, of the series. And mm-hmm. so I think that what you're going to be getting is probably 
him doubting himself. And that's going to let the yeah. story, and I think that's what the storytelling is going to let it open for the conflict within himself and why it brings him off the planet. Cause I think him going off planet is going to be a mistake. I think that's what he's going to mm. realize like, Oh mm. crap, I can't leave Tatooine because the stakes are too high for, you know, such and such and such and such. But because I also think you're going to get the Yodas, the Qui-Gon's, they're going to come into play and they're going to remind him, no, the forces at work, you got to, you know, they have, because remember in the comic books, um, and again, I, I think this is all a, a very much a, a what they want to do. The, Qui-Gon doesn't really talk to, you know, Obi-Wan. No one, he, Obi-Wan's just kind of like, yeah, at least I don't remember in, um, Am I mistaken? Well, I don't think well, they see, no, no, it made me think about it was I know it's not canon anymore, but the Kenobi novel, how the right. flux of that was him trying to commune with Qui Gon, but he just couldn't, not until like the very end of that mm. story. And I wonder if right. it's gonna be a similar thing to that. I think it I think be. we're gonna I, I think it's what I think it's gonna happen is to, because again, you got that because again it's a TV show and it's visual and it's this is all what everyone's kind of used to, you know, hearing and playing or you know, playing, but uh hearing and, 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 and familiar with Star Wars. But I do think that there's going to be some really, um, again, that Luke Skywalker moment issue, you know, not the same level because it's going to not going to be, it's going to be like a, the worst kept secret kind of a thing. Um, like Boba Fett showing up in the Mandalorian. Right. But almost like that where you're anticipating that moment and it's going to happen and it's going to be, I think emotionally impactful for the, the character, because I think Yoda and Qui-Gon will, will, will basically help him get his faith back in give him that recharge i mm. think before he fights vader and i think when mm. he fights vader is when he realizes i had to go back and protect luke because he is the key of unlocking this see there's there's different ways you could look at it though because i also think like even if he is doubting and and sort of struggling with his faith in in the jedi way I still think he realizes that his mission to to protect Luke is important enough that like he wouldn't leave the planet for just anything. I think, and like I was saying, like I think the Inquisitors come there, maybe they're looking for him, maybe they're looking for somebody else, whatever. And I think maybe part of him leaving is I got to go track these guys down and kind of cut this off at the source. Like, and again, maybe he, I, and I don't know like how much action there's going to be or how powerful we're going to see Obi-Wan being, but like, is he going to take out a bunch of these inquisitors? Like, is he going to take down the fortress? I don't know, but like, maybe he decides, Hey, I got to go after them before more of them come here and they find Luke. Um, it, I, I think you're, I, I don't think you're wrong either. I, but I, but I, what I do think is him going off planet. You have, cause here's the thing you got, this is one and again. Yeah, I have to be careful how I say this because I think you're going to understand where I'm coming from, both of you, when I say it. You have to establish him leaving is a big deal, and he yeah, has to have exactly. a he has, he has to have a consequence. Yeah, though, well, no, that's, and that's my point. Well, yeah, so there there could be a consequence, but I don't think it's also it's not like by the end of the series he's going to go, oh, whoops, I can't leave Tatooine again because I think from the very beginning he's already going to leave realize that like leaving is a, a big decision and he's not going to make that decision lightly. I, I think you're, I think you're right, but I think it has, to, he has to realize you have to really double down on him staying on Tatooine after that. And I say that with also leaving semi room for him to maybe leave again, maybe like this mm. for a second. <laughs> I, I think this should be uh, the only time. Yeah. I, and as much as I mean, it's like, taken me a while leave. just to accept that he is going to leave. In this I <laughs> yeah. yeah. They talked about in the article, how like this is obviously a, a limited mini series. It's only six episodes. 
Um, but kind of leaving the door open, like they talked about, like, oh, this is all we're planning on for now. But if it's successful and if the fans want more, like, you know, we might be oh, open to it. But like, if the fans I, want more, come on. <laughs> I hope, I hope they stick with this. Like, he's having a rematch with Vader. How are you going to top that? You know, like, you, 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 you here's what you do. You can't top it, but you can always you don't have to do a six because this to me, the reason why this thing's six episodes is not just because real quick you want is it being confirmed that it is six? Because I haven't yeah seen it myself that yeah. they have said I, 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 yeah. Okay. I that's I yeah, I personally think the reason why it's six is because you really want to dig deep into the character because I think this is probably in my opinion, probably a glorified movie. Like they all kind of are a little bit. Like Book of Boba Fett, maybe less so. Mandalorian, I'd say, you know, it is. Yeah, when yeah, you watch yeah. it all in a row, it feels like a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, well, well, I would say opposite. I was because Mandalorian feels more like each episode is kind of its yeah. own story. Book of Boba Fett definitely to me feels like it could have been. A movie. You know what? You're right. I, I take it back. You're right because if you take out the Luke and the Mandalorian stuff from Episode Six or that 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 one episode. You're right. It probably feels like more like a condensed, a little bit of a blo- uh, not bloated. That's not the right word I'm looking for, but like a little more of a movie. I feel like Obi Wan's kind of more that that same vein. Where it's like you're really you're emphasizing maybe a few more extra things and and maybe cutting it in the forty increment one uh, 40, 45 minute increments of episodes. Which let's be real, I love to get an hour each episode, but that's not reality, right? Um, but that, that being said, I think if you did another things after this, you could do a movie about him taking on Jabba the Hutt, maybe his henchmen and like, so like how fun would that be him? Like maybe he's trapped in the, the Jabba, the Jabba's palace. We've already established, we can see Jabba's palace on screen. I mean, and they, we look, we know the huts look great in CGI on the screen now. Yeah. On So, I mean, I think I mean, again, would it top it? No, but it gets, but at this point, I don't think. Disney is trying to say we need to top it, make more money. No, no, no. We just need to throw something in there to keep fans happy and keep keep subscribing to Disney Plus. So I think there's a fun story in there somewhere. Would it be as good? Remains to be seen. We don't even know if this is going to be any good. I mean, I, I think it's going to be good, but you got know what I'm saying. I, I'm yeah. not saying if this thing's a so. I mean, if this thing's a pretty successful thing, but it's not like overblown, like everyone loves it. You're probably it's probably going to be it's probably going to be fine. If this thing's like blows the door off, it thing's like you know tens across the board, and everyone loves it, and it's like it's like maybe predominantly re- respected as like one of the best Star Wars things ever made. Yeah, you're getting a sequel. There's just no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, you're you're probably right, but even if it is absolutely fantastic tens across the board, I would still rather the next Star Wars story not be set on Tatooine. Uh, um, I understand. But, but here, here's one thing I think we can all rest in. I think this might be a good crux for us to like, it, well, this could be the crux of the show guys that gives Disney and Lucasfilm more license and maybe more, um, you can, you can shell more resources at going off world and giving more exotic planets and things like that. Because, you might reap more rewards from it and they might go, you know what? We don't have to kind of like dink around with, 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 uh, even with like the, the volume and everything, we might be able to give a little more shell, a little more resources to make, you know, this kind of up it a little bit just because there's the payoff is so much better because of that. When we give a, it sounds like a no brainer, but if you give more, you oh, get they're more. still using the volume for a lot of this stuff. Like for no, all these I, know, I, know, what, I can already, I, we've talked, I, I think I asked you Tim or not you Tim, uh, Kyle, because 
even the types of cameras we're seeing, it feels like they're, it feels more cinematic to me than even Book of Boba Fett and even Mandalorian. Some of the Mandalorian episodes have felt like there were, they used different cameras and it felt more cinematic. But even this, it feels like they're actually using like a legit, like cinematic tone or feel of cameras. Maybe I'm being weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's because this is a different crew from, you know, uh, John and Dave and all the guys working on Mandalorian and, you know, Deborah Chow is running the show on this, but she's obviously going to have her own crew with a, a different cinematographer. So it could just be whoever the cinematographer on this is has their own style. But also, I mean, just what we've seen from Mandalorian season one to now, um, these shows get better looking every season and with with every iteration of it that they do. Um whether it's a new season of Mandalorian or whether it's something else, like, you know, they're using the same kind of technology for it. And the guys at ILM are getting better and better with it. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think every live action star Wars series that we see for Disney plus and stuff that they're shooting on the volume and stuff, is just continually going to get better. And with, you know, with the, the time and budget constraints that they're working with of doing a TV series, like they're just going to keep finding more and more ways to do more with those resources and make it better and better looking every time. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like it looks great. The cinematography looks great. The visual effects look great. Um, the, for the most part, the inquisitors look great. Um, I love seeing, you know, just some of the action shots that we see them, them with here. I mean, we see the grand inquisitor with that kind of iconic, you know, spinning lightsaber. I really hope we don't see anybody flying on the helicopter sabers. <laughs> That's all I want. Oh boy. Um, Imagine the stir that's going to come. <laughs> but the, the spinning lightsabers look cool uh there's one shot where you know like an explosion goes off and these colorful birds fly out and that looked pretty cool you mean um, convors they could be were, were those definitely convors people said they're convors man and you know what man. like you know what you know they could be because i've i've been i've become so accustomed to just associating convors with ahsoka and i'm like no i don't think we're gonna see her in this i forgot like convors originated you know they were on what like trandosha in that one Clone Wars episode, just hanging out in the tree. So, like, they're actual birds that exist. They're not just but, mortis, mortis spirits. And so, yeah, we maybe we'll just see a flock of convoys. I, I do I do think that's symbolic for something with Obi-Wan, though, in the Force, in this. I don't think that's it by accident. Be. I Because be. that's just me. Because I feel like, like, for instance, I think the convoys represent uh, growth in the Trandoshan episodes with Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, she really point. grows as a character during that point. So, I mean, that's like, to me, her transformative moment, I think, in the series before besides her before she the, the, the big moment in her life before she goes to obviously leaves the Jedi Order. Um, so that's where I kind of fall in line with that a little bit more. I feel that that could be a symbolic thing for the force because that's what the, that's what they're turning into. It seems like anyway, there's that there's that, that symbolic like the forces at work, the calm boards are kind of there. So, um, you know, at least from this point of view, I mean, they're not obviously in the main, the, the main trilogy, which is a shame. It yeah. should be. But they've never been, it's never really been like Convors as a species. It's always been that one particular one that is always there with Ahsoka. No, 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 that, I agree. But I'm, I'm, that, but that has again, the same, the same color scheme of the daughter of Mortis. And so it's, it's kind of something that's pretty closely tied just to Ahsoka. So no, they, I, could, I, they could expand that as well, you know, to, to other Jedi as well and, and have, bring, you know, bring that in with Obi-Wan. But regardless, even if it's just them, you know, as a, a flock of birds, that's still a cool touch. And it's always a nice cool Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, it's cool seeing those kind of creatures get brought in from animation. You know, I've seen like loath cats and stuff like that. So, um, 
yeah, it all looks great. Like I said, the the visuals, the action, the music. I mean, the music is probably my favorite part of this trailer. I mean, we hear Battle of the Heroes. We hear Duel of the Fates. I think there's a couple other cues from Revenge of the Sith in there, like, uh, um, what is it? I think Anakin's Dark Deeds. Yeah, that's not the very um, end, Like yeah. the, the ending of that track. Um, and it just ends with, um, you know, with, with Obi-Wan kind of looking up. I forget what the... Uh, the last bit of dialogue is, but like the text is, it's like between darkness and defeat, like hope survives. And then it's, uh, you know, just Obi-Wan kind of looking up and we see, you know, obviously this is going to be the hero that's going to go find the hope and whatever. But, and then we, you just hear the sound of Vader breathing uh, at the end, kind of as the trailer cuts out. That's so the one thing actually... I didn't hear watching it the first time while at work. <laughs> I didn't uh, hear yeah. that until I saw it when I got home, but yeah. Were you were you guys surprised at all that we didn't get like a tease of Vader like the very last shot? No. I was totally preparing myself for that. And kind of, I, I guess as because I wasn't expecting to see the Inquisitors so much, and so and you know wasn't expecting to see Luke. So by the time you get to the end of the trailer, we've already seen more than I expected we were gonna see, and so I yeah. wasn't necessarily surprised that we didn't get to see Vader. If you had asked me going into it, I probably would have predicted that like yeah we'll see a little glimpse of him. Um, somewhere in there just because we already know he's going to be in it and heck exactly. even They're like not keeping at it a some, secret. yeah at, at some point that same day like entertainment weekly also put out a uh a, like a teaser image of yeah Vader. and he's kind I of got... shrouded in shadow it's it's mostly a silhouette but like you know it's him so yeah that's um, actually it's not... the exact type of shot i was expecting to see in the trailer like the yeah. final tease of it or something but yeah, so like it's not like they're trying to hide the fact that Vader's in this, but at the same time, like I said, after seeing everything else that we saw in the trailer, I was not disappointed that Vader wasn't in it because we know Vader's gonna be in it. So, no, totally. Also, I think it, it's really interesting too when you had like again, kind of wrapping up the so what we saw in the trailer, um, a couple of little things. Obviously, the blaster that Obi Wan has, where he's getting fired at, is really yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the fact that he has to use a blaster now. <laughs> no, I, I think there's. I again, I like how. I mean, I think everyone is pretty obvious. It's. It seems obvious. Is they're going to build towards him yeah. using the lightsaber, and exactly. and I and I and I've talked about it on the show before that I really want to go back to what George talked about originally about having you know not using the force is like atrophy, and it's not something you just be like, I have used the force forever. But Bob, it's just jumping off the, you know, doing, going, jumping, doing somersaults and doing twirls. And, you know, it's, it, it's actually like something he has to build himself up to. I hope that's emphasized in this. That's why he has the blaster in first because he still has lightsaber. We know that. But he also doesn't want to out himself. But I, I do feel that that's also a reason. Maybe he's just out of practice and that maybe this kind of gets him back into practice. We, all, we know he's going to lose his lightsaber, but I want to get him build up to that first. So that's just my, my take. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. It's probably going to be a combination of the two, I think. Like you said, he doesn't want to reveal himself to be a Jedi, but at the same time, um, maybe he doesn't feel like he's filled like almost not worthy to use a lightsaber just yet. So maybe because in the state of mind that he's in right now, just questioning things about the Jedi and the Force, maybe. So I'm sure all that stuff's going to play a factor into it. And But yeah, just crazy seeing him use a blaster as... We know there's going to be a civilized joke in there at some point. <laughs> we heard it in episode three, but there's probably going to be another uh, remark to him saying that when he has to use the blaster. But uh, it just reminds me of like some of the, the, I think it was the PlayStation Phantom Menace game where for whatever reason, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan mainly use blasters a lot of points in that game. It just felt really off to use a blaster as we were playing Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah, just, that's weird. It just gave me vibes to that because like, 
I don't want to use a blaster. I'm a Jedi. I'm going to use my lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like watching it for the first time, I didn't even, I wasn't sure that that was Obi-Wan using the blaster. Um, but yeah, it would make sense that if, you know, once he goes on the run or, or kind of does whatever he does and gets into these situations that he maybe wouldn't resort to the lightsaber right away. And it will be interesting to see, like, is it just survival? Is he hiding? Or does he feel like he needs to earn that? Or like he, um, you know, he's, he's not ready to pick it back up again or, or something like that. Like, so maybe, maybe he'll be in a kind of a similar place to Luke in the last Jedi, where maybe he hasn't completely given up and cut himself off from the force, but, um, you know, maybe he's kind of distanced distanced himself from that a little bit and is, is kind of reluctant to get back into it. Um, all I know is when he finally does get it back out again, and I'm sure we're going to see him fight some Inquisitors. Like, it's not like him oh, fighting yeah. Vader. It's not like him fighting Vader is going to be the first time we see him, him turn on the lightsaber. But um, I, don't know, I think it would be pretty, I know, an epic way for him to use the lightsaber again is to save it for Vader. Just maybe find some other creative ways to go up against the Inquisitors. Maybe he takes one of their lightsabers or something. And But I just think it, cinematically it'd be pretty awesome to where he ignites his blue lightsaber again for the first time in a long time in another battle against uh, Darth Vader. I think that would be pretty awesome. Maybe. Um, I'm just like, man, with all these Inquisitors, we gotta have some cool lightsaber battles. Like, you know, all the way throughout. And also, again, keep in mind, and I, I'm I'm trying not to like get my hopes up too high for this. And I'm hoping Ewan didn't just like misspeak on this. But when he said that he and Hayden got to film scenes together as Anakin and Obi-Wan, I'm mm. like, we gotta have some Clone Wars flashbacks too, even if they're just brief, like seeing the two of them with their lightsabers, you know, on the battlefield in in sometime in the Clone Wars, like that's gonna be awesome too. So um yeah, just just give me the Jedi action, man. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, how can you not think about that when you said that? Because <laughs> it's that good, like, uh, video Entertainment Weekly put up with their interview with you and McGregor talking about um, him reuniting with Hayden again and just how surreal it was for, as he said, we're on set. I'm, I'm Obi-Wan. I'm looking over at him, and he's Anakin again. He didn't say Darth Vader. He specifically said Anakin. <laughs> and just, like, actually looking mm-hmm. at Hayden, too. So it just, um, again... Don't want to get your hopes up too much and where you're disappointed if we don't get it. But boy, it surely is sounding like we may get some, whether it's a whole episode or just a moment here or there, them and Obi-Wan and Anakin again from during the Clone Wars era would be pretty special, no matter imagine how long or short it is. Imagine if that's how the series starts. Dude. It's just like, mm. you know, you see the Disney Plus logo and then it's just like fades up to black and it's Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka in the middle of this like heated Clone Wars battle. Or even if, like as much as I would love to see Ahsoka in there too, maybe it would just be Anakin and Obi-Wan just because it's going to focus on that dynamic specifically for, you know, when he he confronts Vader again later. But, um, you know, starting with that and then maybe that's like a dream sequence and it cuts to Obi-Wan waking up you know, by himself in the middle of this cave and and kind of juxtaposing those two different time periods of his life. Um, but man, because I was just thinking, I was like, man, like, would we maybe see uh, see that like flashback in the first episode or would it not be till later down the line? Um, but then it's like, you know, I was like, wait, what if it started out with that? That would be crazy. <laughs> so um yeah, I don't know. I, I really hope we get to see that at some point. 
yeah I, right now i'm starting to think that we will <laughs> again yeah. don't want it to come to a point where i'll be disappointed if it's not but this just seems like all signs are pointing to yes <laughs> where that's gonna happen yeah don't let us down you and we're counting on you yeah <laughs> um but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all that we saw in the trailer, unless there was any other like specific shots or anything that you guys can think of that we didn't talk about. But um, I mean, the there's only that thing, cool new. The oh, only thing is, um, kind of what Obi Wan's life's going to be like on Tatooine, because it almost seems like he is like doing some work. You kind of see him on a transport with some other people, like maybe going into town, and you almost kind of see him work on something in I don't know if it's Mos Eisley, Mos Espa, but almost similar to what Ray was doing on Jakku. Just like working mm. at a workstation, cleaning something up. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's like he's going to have some type of job there that, I don't know, maybe he's saving up to buy That's his house point. that we see on In a New Hope or just keeping that busy. That could or... be. Because he also, I think it's in the Entertainment Weekly screenshots, or maybe it was in the trailer, where you see him, it looks like he's like sleeping in a cave. So he might not yeah, even in, have that. Yeah, he might, that's in the, he might a shot in the Entertainment Weekly article, yeah. Yeah, he might not even have that that hut yet, and no, yeah, maybe maybe he buys that at the end of the show. I just so. do. I think though we're gonna get like some special moments in that cave because I just think we're gonna get a yep. lot of four stuff <laughs> yep. in that cave. Yep, I thought the same thing. It's like you know, they're it's kind of giving you the feel that this is maybe early in the show and it's desolate and you know, oh look how far Obi Wan has fallen. He's sleeping in a cave, but it's like it just had that look of like. This cave is lit for force ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you would know because you're you're the you're the video guy here. So, <laughs> you know, I trust your yeah, opinion on that one. Well, and that, no, that that's not even like a oh, technically that's how you're supposed to light it. It's just the visual. It just gave me that vibe of like something okay, something mystical from you know like yeah. Clone Wars or Rebels or something. Just I don't know. Just, I just had that feeling. So um yeah but i'm i'm super looking forward to it i mean even you know some of the the designs of like the vehicles and stuff that new shuttle that the inquisitors have um look pretty cool um and yeah i'm i'm excited to see all these new planets that we're going to get to go to i'm excited super excited to see you know obi-wan invader square off and uh as always with any of these new star wars projects you know, I feel like with this one, you know, we've seen a lot from the trailers and we know a lot about it because we know Obi-Wan and we know Vader and we know the Inquisitors. Um, I kind of feel like we have a little bit better of an idea going into this show of like what it's going to be as opposed to like every season of The Mandalorian where it's like, OK, you know, it's another season of, of Din and Grogu. And like, OK, this time we know he's trying to find a Jedi, but we really have no idea what's in store. I feel like we kind of have a, a little bit clearer idea of like what to expect with this, but you know, there's still going to be a ton of surprises along the yeah. way. Like that's always that's my right. favorite part is like, you know, well, actually my favorite part of this is still going to be Obi-Wan versus Vader, but like surprise me with a bunch of stuff. I can't wait to see the stuff that we haven't seen yet. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be super cool. Uh, like you said, just a little over a couple months away, premiering the same week as Star Wars Celebration. So, man, that's going to be a crazy week. Um, having the first episode of Obi-Wan air that Wednesday and then that weekend getting all the new trailers and announcements and news and all that kind of stuff that we're going to get out of Celebration. So that final week of May is just going to be Star Wars overload. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome Star Wars week. And who knows what we're also we might get a couple of weeks before that with may the 4th i wonder if it's not gonna be anything quite as huge knowing that celebration is just a few weeks away but i imagine we still gotta get something pretty cool on may the 4th yeah i think 
like we could get a final trailer for Obi-Wan on I could see that too. Yeah. But I think we also might get some announcements. Like there might be like we might get a new movie or a new series or something announced on May the 4th. And then we get a trailer and a full panel of details about it at Celebration. Um, Because I'm sure there's, you know, there's plenty of stuff in the works that we haven't heard about yet. Um, Actually, there was a a rumor or not even a rumor, a a report going around a couple weeks ago. I think um, Kevin Kiner was uh, on an interview with I think it was like the Convore Call or a, a different Star Wars podcast where um, he said that he's working on the score for a new Star Wars animated series right now that's not the Bad Batch and didn't give any other details. You know, it was kind of like, oh, I've probably already said too much, but like it's, it's, he said he's really excited for it. Can't wait for people to see it. And it's so big that Lucasfilm is giving them like a full orchestra to do the soundtrack on every episode with. So maybe that i mean just the fact that not only is that in production but he's working on the score already maybe that's something that could be coming soon enough that like maybe that'll be the next big thing announced and maybe that's tales of the jedi um Mm, that's what i was thinking really really wish because i was thinking like i think there was also maybe back around disney plus day there were some rumors that there was maybe like an animated Darth Maul Crimson Dawn series in the works. Yeah, I remember hearing that too. Um, which would be cool. And like, I would love to see that. But just the fact that, just because that would be kind of more like shady underworld dealings, I wouldn't imagine that series being like epic in scope. And it certainly could be. I could be wrong because obviously we know at some point Maul's going to end up on Malachor. So maybe it would be some epic, you know, dealing with like Sith secrets and stuff like that. But just the way Kevin Kiner was briefly describing it as just like, you know, super just like grand and, and, you know, important enough that, you know, Lucasfilm is giving them all these resources and this full orchestra to work with makes me think that it probably something Jedi related, you know, and if it is something, I mean, we don't even know what Tales of the Jedi is, but if it is either uh, something dealing with Luke and Ben or something in the old Republic timeline, or just, you know, some, some grand like Jedi order centric story, um, certainly would seem to fit that bill so who knows that's just speculation on my part but i certainly look forward to uh finding out what that series is and and i would imagine we'll get that announcement either on may the 4th or at celebration like that's got to be coming soon enough that that we'll probably get that um announced sooner than later yeah i agree and like you said just another thing to possibly look forward to (laughs) in the next couple of months yeah for sure um speaking of mall i did want to dive into this other article from the hollywood reporter real quick and there was like so there were there were a couple other things in that um entertainment weekly article as well but a lot of it was just like them talking about the process of making the show ewan and hayden being excited to work together again which you know i know all, all of us as fans are super excited to see um but I think the big takeaway from that for me was Kathleen Kennedy really, you know, addressing like the reasons why they they postponed the show and why they rewrote it and kind of, you know, what was going on with those original scripts. Um, but then in addition to that, this Hollywood Reporter report came out saying that uh, that originally Darth Maul was going to be the big bad of this series. And that that was another reason, like, like they, originally he was supposed to be involved, that they had like met with Ray Park and that he was on board and was even doing like screen tests for it and stuff. Um, and that when the rewrites happened, that the Darth Maul storyline was scrapped and that, um, 
they added Vader instead, but also that they had like that Deborah Chow consulted with Dave Filoni and John Favreau, and uh, you know they gave some input on it, and that um, you know Dave was the one who suggested using Vader instead of Maul, and kind of found a way to work in the Inquisitors and and all this kind of stuff. So, and I don't know how accurate this stuff is because even within the hollywood reporter article they said like well one source told us one thing but then there was a source at lucasfilm who told us that like there was the mall idea but it never got as far as like ray park being involved and so like even those reports aren't you know within the article like all their sources aren't necessarily all on the same page but then i've seen a couple other reporters on twitter saying like all my sources at lucasfilm say like maul was never involved and like that part of the story is false or whatever so kind of take it with a grain of salt but i would say that to me it sounds like there's got to be at least some level of truth to this um and it wouldn't surprise me that you know somebody would have the idea early on to um to have maul involved in the series but I'm definitely glad they decided not to go that route because we all know, you know, if you've seen Star Wars Rebels, you know how things play out in Twin Suns. And I don't need another meeting yep. between those two characters. As much as it would be cool to see in live action, um, you know, at this point, it's like you're either going to just retread ground and tell the same story or you're going to add, you know, another confrontation between them earlier, which really wouldn't make sense because then, you know, why would... Uh, Maul be like struggling to find Obi-Wan unless Obi-Wan exactly. went off planet and like fought Maul somewhere else but then you know and, and they both survive and then Maul comes looking for him on Tatooine later um, but regardless I was really happy to hear that uh, <laughs> that, that idea got scrapped um, and I'm much more excited to see Ewan and Hayden together again and to see him confront Vader even though that also is a thing that I'm like I wouldn't have needed another obi-wan invader confrontation added in between episodes three and four but um you know i trust that they can make that work um and yeah we are just i don't know as much as i love maul and you know want to see him in live action or animation again and see more of crimson dawn and all that kind of stuff um i'm glad they decided not to to just kind of kind of retread that story uh story ground that was already covered in twin suns so um yeah, glad that played out the way it did. And also just, you know, eternally grateful to have Dave Filoni at Lucasfilm and still involved yep. in these things. Because if this article is accurate, then he really kind of came through and saved the day for, uh, you know, for those of us that are deeply invested in this. Um, and, yeah, I mean, because yeah. if that, let's just, for the sake of argument, say that article is accurate. Because to me, it just sounds like someone was hired to write a story about Obi-Wan. And he just thinks, oh, who was like Obi Wan's biggest, uh, like arch nemesis in the prequels besides Anakin? Oh, Maul. Okay, let's use him. And probably has no idea about Maul showing up again in Rebels or his story ending in Rebels. Just someone probably thought it'd be a cool idea to. It just makes sense to continue Obi Wan's story live action and have Maul be a part of it as well. But that's where, as you said, just thankful that those scripts got into the hands of Dave Filoni and John Farrow just to. Give an overview of it and just say how that is knowing the lore of Star Wars and just the timeline, how everything takes place, how it just it just would have been too much. Another confrontation between Obi-Wan and Maul. And I I would be willing to bet that it would have took place on Tatooine. It would just been either like the Star Wars Visions comic series minus spider legs, but or um something similar to there's that awesome image in like the during production of episode one where Obi-Wan 
and Maul are just jumping at each other with their lightsabers. <laughs> I remember seeing that for the first time, thinking, oh, man, this is going to be an awesome moment in the movie, even though it's just a publicity shot. But having like an actual fight be like that as like their original intention. And yeah, would it have been cool? Yes. But when you just think about the grand scheme of the Star Wars timeline and the story for Obi-Wan and Maul, it just it couldn't end any more beautifully than it did in Star Wars Rebels. And I kind of had a feeling that they would want the live action version of it to be the ending of their their the ending of their conflict so it just again i just think there would have been a lot of contradictions if they did go that way so like you said thankfully that uh i wonder if that would even happen if dave and john got if deborah child wasn't in charge and directing every episode because it did say that she's the one who gave them the scripts to look over and they're they were the ones that kind of told her like think bigger because another thing was that they were saying how it might have felt a little sim- similar to the mandalorian where it is um, someone looking after a child so maybe luke would have even played a bigger role as far as maybe joining obi-wan on some of his journey like going off planet or something like that so because yeah. yeah, they did just, also say in that article that they like as part of the um the rewrites or whatever that they recast the actor yeah, that's that's right. playing the young luke so maybe he was originally going to be younger or something like that yeah so again, like that stuff, it could have been cool, but I just think what we're getting in the series is going to be so much better, satisfying, and just fit overall better in the Star Wars timeline. And just as far as uh, interactions that Obi, the characters Obi Wan's going to interact with, and just the journey is going to go on in the series more so than what we would have gotten if it was just Maul, because it's going to be such a huge moment for Obi Wan when he confronts Vader. And another thing, and we talked about this before, how I just really hope in the series, this is where Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin survived and that he is still alive as Darth Vader. And that's just mm. going to be a powerful moment. And probably oh, what's yeah. I, keep, I honestly keep forgetting about that, that like yeah. <laughs> at this point, he doesn't know, like he's never seen him in the, the suit and everything. So. Yeah. So that's, that's going to add so much more to the character than I think you would have gotten if it was just focusing on Maul. Yeah, definitely. And man, just seeing that reaction when he sees Vader for the first time, just, you know, when they come face to face, it's going to be, you know, seeing that, that realization, like, oh man, like at what point is he going to realize that that's Anakin? I would think he would have seen him in the armor for the first time. That's going to be insane. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know what? That's a, that's actually a good point that um that alone is almost a sort of justification for them meeting again in between episodes three and four because in episode four when they meet on the death star now obviously you know obi-wan is is kind of old and wise and kind of has accepted his place and things or whatever but like he's not surprised by anakin or, you know, mm-hmm. by, by seeing Vader. And obviously at this point, like, he, you know, Empire's been around for 20 years. I'm sure he just, you know, it's not implausible that he would just know who Darth Vader is. Um, but you would think he would maybe have some kind of reaction to seeing Anakin, like, in the suit for the first time. Being like, you know, look what you've become. Yeah. Um, but, well, but he knows that because he says to Luke, like, you know, he's more machine now than man twisted and evil. I guess that's that's actually later on. That's in like return of the Jedi or something. Now I'm getting my Obi-Wan quotes mixed up regardless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we haven't gotten that big moment of him, like finding out that, you know, kind of connecting the dots on, on Anakin and Vader and the suit and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be, um, that'll be a really cool moment to see in this series. 
So lots to look forward to. Um, yeah, it's just going to be so cool seeing those two characters to get, uh, again after all this time and just, you know, getting this Obi-Wan centric story. So um, I think the, uh, you know, for a first teaser trailer, this definitely did its job um, oh, yeah. <laughs> just as far as getting everybody hyped and, you know, Inquisitor controversies aside, I think the reaction to this has been overwhelmingly positive and uh, has got everybody hyped for seeing the show in May. Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, just when you think, remember, we just get, got excited about it when it was officially announced, just talking about all the possibilities and now seeing some of that stuff actually in the series in motion after watching the trailer, just incredible. Uh, my excitement level and hype for this series is through the roof right now. I just can't imagine what it'll be like once we get closer to the actual premiere date and we actually see the first episode. It's, I said it before, and I think it's going to ring true the Star Wars event of the year, maybe one of the biggest Star Wars events ever with this series so let's just look all signs are pointing that it's looking incredible yeah definitely um yeah can't wait um with that uh oh the one other thing that we didn't mention um lost in all this other obi-wan excitement is that john williams who we oh, yeah. all thought had <laughs> retired from star wars and you know he's like 91 years old now or something he's coming back to compose the theme song for or, you know the the theme like Obi-Wan's theme uh, for this series. Um, so if you needed another reason to get excited about uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, as if we needed another reason, we're getting more John Williams Star Wars music. Um, and it's crazy to think that like as much screen time as we've seen Obi-Wan have, there's never been like an Obi-Wan theme. Yeah. Um, I know when New Hope was kind of, the Force theme was kind of regarded a little bit as Obi-Wan's theme when the new hope came out for the first time in 77 but yeah yeah well but at the same time i mean if you think about even sort of like the most iconic use of the force theme in a new hope people would probably say it's the binary sunset yeah and mm -hmm. obi-wan's not in that scene so no yeah i totally agree he definitely needs his own like distinctive original theme that no one else has or not associated yeah. with anything else yeah i mean we we've got an anakin theme granted it's like young anakin from phantom menace um, but you know, Ahsoka's got her own theme. Yoda's got a theme. Um, so yeah, it's about time we got an Obi-Wan theme and it's being composed by John Williams himself. So just another thing to look forward to when we get to see this show. Oh, without question. But I will say, I mean, obviously I love that John Williams is doing it, but I also would have loved to see what, um, Ludwig, I'm going to probably butcher his last name. So I'll just say the composer for the Mandalorian mm -hmm. and, creating that, that awesome theme and the theme for the book of Boba Fett is amazing. So I would have liked to see what he would have come up with for an Obi-Wan theme. But when you get to choose between that or John Williams, I mean, you kind of got to go with John Williams. So. Yeah. Especially when it's more, you know, it has to deal with Jedi and the force and, you know, iconic characters from the films. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sure Ludwig could have done a, a fantastic job with it as well. I love all the star Wars music that he's done, but John Williams is the man there's, there's no one else. Oh yeah. So um yeah, I think we've covered just about all there is to cover for now on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, you know, we'll we'll be talking about this more in the lead up to the premiere in May. Uh, you know, and covering any other maybe trailers that come out. Well, maybe Paul won't, but Tim and I will come out and talk about, you know, if we get some more trailers and, and images <laughs> and stuff like that. Um but uh yeah i mean we'll see i don't know what else we've got on the the immediate horizon 
Um, we'll, we'll try to get another, you know, episode or two out in the next, you know, a couple months. Uh, we still, you know, I'd still like to go back and do sort of like a full season overview of the book of Boba Fett. And maybe we can do some other like fun discussion type episodes in the meantime, do another like top five list or something like that, just to, uh, you know, put some fun stuff out there. Cause honestly, I don't think there's going to be much in the way of news and trailers and stuff between now and May 4th. Um, but then, yeah, when May hits, when we got May the 4th, we got Obi-Wan, we got Celebration, all that stuff. There's going to be tons to talk about. So, um, looking forward to, uh, to being able to experience all that great content and and get on here and talk about all of it with you guys. Uh, but that's going to do it for now. Um, oh, before we wrap up, I almost skipped right over the, the Twitter poll and stuff, but Tim, I don't know if you had any, did we get any comments from people on the, uh, the Obi-Wan trailer? Yeah, got a couple of responses on Twitter. First up, our buddy Caleb says, uh, Kenobi is my favorite character in the Star Wars universe. His entire story is the story of loss, grief, broken hearts, and broken friendship. But it's also the story of patience, perseverance, and hope. This show looks like it will be a beautiful deepening of his character and legacy. And yeah, Caleb cannot agree more. <laughs> Beautifully said there. And then Kid Kenobi says, absolutely ecstatic for the series. One of the best trailers I've seen for anything in a long time. Despite all the great Obi-Wan moments we have gotten over the years, his story has never felt complete. I have hope that this show will be the missing piece for this amazing character. And yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed <laughs> in that regard, Kid Kenobi, because as we talked about in this episode, just the potential and stuff we're already seeing from the trailers just looks like it's going to be something really special for the character of Obi-Wan. Yeah, definitely. And- Yes, that's it. So thanks, guys, for sharing your thoughts on the trailer and just your excitement overall for the Obi-Wan series is matching our excitement and I'm sure a lot of other Star Wars fans' excitement as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's I've seen a lot of lot of excitement, a lot of positive reaction for this. So um, thank you guys for chiming in with your thoughts. And as always, uh, if you guys want to follow us and interact with us and, and send us thoughts and comments and questions and stuff, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, check out our Facebook page at Star Wars The Saga Continues. Uh, send us email at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. And you can check out our website at StarWarsTSC.com for all of our latest news stories, episodes, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for now. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. And as always, may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebels.